Well, hey everyone, it's so good to be with you again. My name is Jean-Michel and uh, we're in this series called Wait What? We're in the fourth part and this is the final part today. And uh, thank you so much for being with us here at Victory today, this Sunday or wherever you're watching from. Um, we're so grateful that you've clicked on to us and, and that you're with us. And I hope that this blesses you and hope it opens your eyes, right? Because that's what Jesus was trying to do. This is the whole point of this series. Jesus was trying to open up people's eyes. We've been exploring these four um, um, instances, these four situations where Jesus did and said stuff that really just freaked people out. And at the time, it felt like Jesus shouldn't be saying this. He shouldn't be doing it, right? And he, he was doing this on, on purpose. He was doing it for a reason, right? He was trying to bring freedom, man. I'll tell you one thing, that the, the, the Christian life, the Christian walk is a walk of freedom. It's a, a, a walk of victory. It's a walk of life. It's a walk of rest and peace. That's what Jesus was trying to bring. And he was trying to tell people from the start that this is how God wants us to live and this is how he wants us to encounter him. And uh, he needed to break open some religious mindsets. And the truth is today in the church and everywhere, we still need to break open those mindsets. And we have to understand the context of where Jesus was living at the time, right? He was living in an old covenant context. What does that mean? It's the covenant of law, right? Which was the covenant God struck with the people, the nation of Israel, right? All the way back through Abraham, through Moses, through the birth of the nation of Israel, and all the way through until Jesus came, right? The covenants that God had made with his people. But Jesus came in and he kind of broke open these religious mindsets, not because what they thought was wrong, but because they didn't fully understand. We as humans can't fully understand God. We are not God, right? You and me, we're not God. And neither were they. And so Jesus was doing these things to try and show people the difference between trying to keep the law and just to kind of follow the rules and religiously be a good person and the heart of God, which is completely separate to this. It wasn't the way that, that God wanted us to encounter him. It wasn't the way that God wanted us to live in this effort-based thing. You see, the characteristic of the old covenant was effort. Put in your effort to get to God. But the, the characteristic of the new covenant is rest. And so when you have effort on the one side, you have rest on the other side. And we know from being, uh, from, from our vantage point, from looking back on when all of this was happening, we know that Jesus was going to go to a cross. He was going to die for the sins of the world and he was going to bring rest to you and me. No longer will we have to bring sacrifices to God. No longer will we have to atone for our failures and our brokenness. But Jesus would take all that failure and all that brokenness, put it on his shoulders, takes our sin away and gives us life. And that is the gospel, the New Testament. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want you to see something. When Jesus justifies us, there's, there's really nothing you and I can do in order to justify ourselves before God, to make ourselves righteous. And so it evens the playing field. Everyone is on the same playing field, right? We all are fallen and broken but we are all restored by Jesus Christ. That is the beauty, that is the power, that is, I mean, it's, it's, it's the most inspiring thing that God would say, you know what, you cannot fix what is broken, and so I'm gonna fix it for you, and I'm gonna give you the gift of restoration. That is 
the new covenant. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus wanted to set up his ministry to show people that this is the way that we're going to go. This is the way that things are going to be. When he heals the man who comes down in front of him, he forgives his sins, right? He forgives him and then heals him and restores him. When he sees the tax collectors and the people that are untouchable, the ones that are, are not worthy of God, he goes to them and empowers them. And he goes and he, he makes them his family. And we see that again. He makes people his family. When you could only be the family of God if you were, were close to him and doing what it needed to be to get to him, then, then you could be the family of God. Jesus says, no, these ones, these ones are my family. These ones are the ones who are close to me. I will restore each one level playing field we're all in the same boat under the mercy and grace and empowerment of Jesus Christ and so today we're going to go into the last um, situation that we find Jesus doing something that offended people and in fact at the end of this um, encounter is when the Pharisees begin their plot against Jesus to actually take him down and so we're going to read together and if you got your bibles go to mark chapter 3 verse 1 we're just going to read together then jesus left them and went again into the synagogue where he encountered a man who had an atrophied paralyzed hand all right so again we have a sick person someone who is doesn't have the ability to heal themselves right and jesus finds him in the synagogue Everyone was watching Jesus closely to see if he would heal the man on the Sabbath, giving them a reason to accuse him of breaking Sabbath rules. Jesus said to the man with the paralyzed hand, stand here in the middle of the room. Then he turned to all those gathered there and said, which is it? Is it against the law to do evil on the Sabbath or to do good, to destroy a life or to save one? But no one answered him a word. Then looking around at everyone, Jesus was moved with indignation and grieved by the hardness of their hearts and said to the man, now stretch out your hand as he stretched out his hand he was instantly healed after this happened the pharisees left abruptly and began to plot together with the friends and supporters of herod antipas on how they would kill jesus and again, here we have this situation where there is someone who cannot restore themselves, who cannot heal themselves, who cannot empower themselves, right? Jesus comes in and all the religious leaders are there. None of them are willing to help this man. But Jesus goes to the man and says, I will restore you. Now, here's the big deal. It's a simple story, but there's a big deal going on here, right? What was their issue? Their issue was that Jesus was doing this on the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath, in short, uh, it's, a, it's a very big kind of concept, but in short, practically, according to the law, you should do no work on the Sabbath, 
right? The very extreme version of this is people who just, they won't even get out of bed on the Sabbath. It's a day of rest, right? It comes from the idea that God created the world in six days and on the seventh day, he rested, right? So God creates and makes all of the stuff and when the work is completed, he rests, Right now, that's, that's a big, cool thing, but we're not going to go into that right now, right? But that's where the concept comes from. The work gets done, and then rest is, is there for people. Now, in the Jewish society that Jesus grew up in, and even to, to this day, the Sabbath is celebrated, and work must not be done, right? You, must, you don't go to work, you rest. Um, you, you, you just relax. And like I said, the extreme version of it is you don't even get out of bed, right? But for most people, it's just we don't work. But it was, it's a very deeply held idea. Again, we have a very deeply religious, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You know, this is the, the concept that we're in in this, in this space. And so for Jesus to do anything on the Sabbath is what people again would say was sinful. Now again, Jesus never sinned. So nothing that he ever did was sinful, right? So him doing this on the Sabbath was not sinful, but that's what people thought. For him to heal this guy on the Sabbath was something he could not do. It means that he does not follow the law. It means he cannot be a prophet of God. It means he cannot be who he claims to be, which is God himself in man's flesh, right? He cannot be. He must be of the devil because he's doing things against the law of God. And this is where religion has to break out of our mindsets. God will not be held by any box, right? And so the box said that on the Sabbath, you cannot do anything anything that resembles work. In another case, they came against his disciples for picking grain to eat uh, on the day. No, that's work. You're not allowed to do that. And in so many other ways, they came against Jesus in this moment because Jesus wanted to heal someone. They were saying, no, the healing is work. And if you do this on the Sabbath, you are breaking God's law. Therefore, you cannot be of God. But Jesus was God. He was God. He is God. And he was coming to show us that these rules and systems and regulations are not God's heart. You see, once again, when religion sees a problem, healing on the Sabbath, Jesus saw a person, a man who had a broken, paralyzed, atrophied hand, who could not redeem and restore himself, who could not heal himself and bring healing to his own hand, and looked beyond the system of law that said you cannot do this on the Sabbath, and brought healing to the man. That's why Jesus asked, is it lawful to do to do evil on the Sabbath? Is it also lawful to do good on the Sabbath? Which is it? No one answered him. No one answered him, it says. Because they couldn't, they didn't have space again in their religious minds to do anything outside of the laws and traditions of the religion. Have you ever been in a situation where you just can't communicate what you're trying to say? Where you, 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 you're trying to tell someone something and they're just not, you can see they're not getting it, right? And no matter what you do, you keep showing, do it this way. I'm trying to tell you this. Can I say it in a different way? Can I show you in a different way? 
they never get it. This is how Jesus is feeling in this, this moment, right? Because he's been showing over and over and over again that God is not bound by law, like the law system, right? The religious system. He wants to love, touch, and change people's lives. And the, the guys are just not getting it. They're not understanding it. And they, we have to be careful here because in, uh, in verse 5, we can start to see a different side of Jesus, right? Let's read verse 5 again. It says this, then looking around at everyone. So he wasn't just looking at the Pharisees. He was looking at everyone. Jesus was moved with indignation and grieved by the hardness of their hearts and then said to the man, now stretch out your hand. And he was healed. So when we read that, we can think that Jesus was angry, that he was there like, these people, how come they can't get it? I can't believe that they're so dumb that they can't understand what I'm doing. That's not what Jesus was doing. And that's not what Jesus is saying to you today either. You see, in your mind, you might have religious thoughts that have disqualified you from ministry, disqualified you from receiving healing or provision, finances, breakthrough. You might be saying, well, pastor, you know, I would ask God for provision, but I do, I've done bad things in my life, you know, and I even still continue to do bad things in my life. So when I fix myself, I'm going to then come back and then God can bless me, right? So many of us have that way of thinking that, ah, oh, man, you know, I know God wants to bless me, but I'm not good enough for God's blessing, right? We, so many of us feel that way. Jesus was not mad at these guys for not understanding him. He was saddened because the more and more he wanted to show them, he wanted to show them this new way of doing things, the more and more they just rejected the idea. Why did Jesus want to show them those good things? Is because Jesus wanted them to experience freedom and rest. See, God's heart is not found in keeping rules. God's heart is not found in keeping a system of religion where you do the things to build a bridge to him. That's not God's heart. God's heart is I will build the bridge to you and make a way for you to come to me. I will build the bridge to get to you because you can't build a bridge to me. There's no way for you to get to me. So I will come to you and I will finish the work. You see, come, come, let's come check this out. Six days, or this period of time, God creates, he does work, and then the seventh day, he enters rest. He rests, and nowhere in this, in that passage in Genesis, do you see it say, and then God got back to work on Monday morning. <laughs> it doesn't say that. You see, when God was finished with the work, he entered eternal rest. The work is done, right? Now, what does Jesus say on the cross? When he's on the cross, he, he bleeds and he pours out his life and his blood for us that our souls might be saved, that our sicknesses might be healed, that our full restoration and redemption might be paid for. And then he cries out, it is finished. What is finished? The work that he was there to do, bringing the gospel, creating the new covenant, breaking open the whole religious mindset of everybody. He broke it open and he said, it's done now. And in that moment, when Jesus conquered the grave, when he resurrected and he moved on, he stepped into rest because the work was done and rest came. 
came. And he invites you and me to enter into that rest. What is that rest for you and me? Come, let's be practical about this. What is that rest? It means that God will heal you. It means that God will restore you. It means that God will empower you. It means that God will give you a future. It means that God will save your soul, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. The, the, the playing field is even from the greatest, most powerful minister and pastor to the lowest, lowest sinner in our eyes who is far away from God. We are all the same in God's eyes. And he will come to us on the Sabbath, on the road, wherever we might find ourselves, and he will bring life to us in this life and the next. And even if we are struggling, and even if we're going through trials, which so many of us are right now, even if we're going through the deepest and hardest times that we've ever been, he is there with us, and we can be at peace and at rest because we are righteous in front of God, and he sees us as beautiful and perfect. And you're saying, Pastor, you can't say that about me. I'm not beautiful. I'm not perfect. I live a broken life. I have issues in my life. Well, so do I, and so does everyone. We're all in the same boat. You've got to hear me. It's only religion that's telling you you're not okay enough for God. You're not okay enough for God. I'm telling you that Jesus says, and you can see it from every one of these episodes, that Jesus says to you, you are my family. You are my friend. You are my child. I come to you and I bring you life. And so, Jesus was never angry at these Pharisees and at these people for not understanding him. He just wanted so badly for them to get this, for them to get this idea that they are okay, that God will come to them. They don't have to build the bridge to God. God will come to them. You see, they were blind. They were blind to the hurting person. The Pharisees looked at the man with the paralyzed hand and all they could think was, it's the Sabbath and so nothing must be done. And so instead of seeing a person, they saw a problem. And Jesus walks in and says, you guys are just, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, you guys are just not getting it. But you know what, today, you and me, we get it. We get this idea. We get the idea that Jesus has come to us, that Jesus has finished the work, that Jesus has fulfilled the law. You see, what blinded these Pharisees was their law mentality. They were stuck in the religious mindset. They didn't have God's heart. They didn't understand God's heart for the law, for people. And so all they could see were the rules. And so you can't bend or break any of these rules to help the person. And God comes in and says, no, these people are what it's about. These people are what it's about. And you can see it because later on, they asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment of all? They were doing it again to test him. Jesus says this, paraphrasing, love God and love people. That is the whole law and all the prophets. He was saying the whole thing that your entire religion, the all, all the things that you think are, are the things that God has said to you, they hang on these simple ideas. Love God first and then love your neighbor as yourself. Love people. Because when you want to touch God's heart, you got to touch people. You see, religion will say, go away, make yourself right, get yourself right, and then come back, and then God will touch you. But Jesus is saying that I'm making you right. I'm going to heal your hand. 
I'm going to put you in the middle of the room, in front of all of these people, and I'm going to show them that nothing will stop me getting to you, to get to your issue, to get to the brokenness inside of you, and to bring life to you. What do you need to do? Stand and receive. What did that man have to do to get his hand healed? What did all of these people need to do in order to receive the life, be inspired, be empowered to achieve what God has called them to do? What did they need to just simply receive the call of God? And Jesus is saying to you today, I'm standing you in the middle of the room. I'm putting you right here and I'm pouring my love all over you. I'm pouring my blessing all over you. And all you need to do is receive it. And I find that this is one of the hardest things for people to receive, is that all you got to do is receive the life that God has for you. We keep coming back and saying, no, but what do I have to do to get it? What do I have to do to receive? And God is saying nothing. You don't have to do anything. The work is done. Now enter into my rest. And this is the kingdom of God. This is the life of God. It's not rules and regulations and brokenness and fixing and trying to get to God. It's Him coming to us. Him putting us, standing us up in the middle of the room in front of everyone and saying, I'm pouring my life on you today. You see, religion said He can't receive healing because it's the Sabbath. And Jesus said he can, even though it's the Sabbath. Even though you deem it unlawful for me to do this, I'm going to do it because I'm going to show you that people are more important than religion. People are the heart of God. And if you get one thing out of this entire series, it's that people are the heart of God. To touch God's heart, you've got to touch God's people. And that's what this series is about. It's about God's heart for you. It's about showing you that He will forgive you no matter what you've done, no matter what your issue is, He will forgive you. It's about showing you that you are His family, that you are His closest one, that even when people try and take away your purpose and where God wants you to be, He will empower you beyond that, into the purpose and destiny that he's called, that nothing disqualifies you from his empowerment. That even if you are the sinner of sinners, that he loves you still, and he's going to touch and change your life because he loves you. And that even if the religion that we're in says it's not okay, he will come to you and change your life. And I hope that that makes sense to you. I hope that today you can hear this message, that you can receive it in your heart because that's all he was looking for in this moment. When it says that he was grieved by the hardness of their hearts, it's not because he was angry at them. He loved them and he wanted them to soften, to soften their gaze and to stop pushing away the people that needed the life that God was going to bring. See, God is not pushing you away. He's drawing you in. God is not holding you at the door, calling you to a perfect life before you can come in. He's saying to you today, come in with your failures, with your brokenness, with the things that you need 
change. Come in with your atrophied, paralyzed hand and I will restore you and I will make it work again and I'll get that sin out of your life and I'll break those bad habits and I'll bring finances and I'll restore your heart and I'll give you life and I'll take your depression and your anxiety away and I will love you when no one else will because that's the heart of God. And so today we're going to pray one more time. And I pray that you walk out of this service, wherever you are, if you're at home or whether you're watching at church or wherever you are, that you just take this minute right now. I'm going to pray over you and just let God speak into your heart. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for your gospel, your gospel of peace, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that brings life and hope to us when we have no hope, that restores broken hearts and heals broken bodies and takes souls that are dark and fallen and brings them into righteousness and light. Thank you for that. Today I pray for every person that's watching this, that Lord God, you go and reveal your heart to them, for them. Your heart is for them, Lord God. It's for me, it's for us, it's for people. And today we, we decide to cast off our religious mindsets and to allow ourselves to understand that you love us, that you care for us, and that no matter what our faults are, no matter what our brokennesses are, no matter what's wrong with us, you bring life to us. And so God, come. Invade our hearts. Invade our minds. Help us question the things that don't make sense and bring good answers so that we can walk a life with you in Jesus' name.